You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Hello and welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Um, let's get into it, Joe, because we've had a bit of a nightmare here. You trying to get. It's like having trying to get my nan on Zoom, Joe. Trying to Mate, get you. Listen, Tom, I made a conscious decision about 50, 20 years ago where I've just thought to myself, no, this technology game ain't for me. I've just swerved it ever since. And I was getting more and more like, as it's becoming more and more part of our. Like, you can get away with it back in the day. Well, you can't now, get away like, if you're trying to have a podcast, Joe. It's. <laughs> I know, but usually I'm, you know, I've got people around me with that kind of skills. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm... I've had half of, um, I'm still out working in Dubai. I'm coming home tonight and I've had half of Jamira and they were brilliant. We've tried three different laptops. I've had the head of, uh, IT, the head of the, the, the head chef, everyone. They've all been blind. I like the head chefs. The head chefs, they're helping yeah. you out. I'll tell yeah. you, I'm just going to say one thing, right? Next time you go away. I'll go halves and I'll get Terry Ellis, big Terry, to go with you. Because without Terry, you you this you need him with you the whole time. This all falls apart I, without big Terry Ellis. <laughs> it does, mate. It, it does. I don't know how I'd, uh, how I'd survive without him, Tom, honestly. He's an absolute man. legend. Talking of legends, we have a bona fide legend with us today. An absolute one of the top, top, top players to play in the Premier League ever. An absolute yeah. top gentleman to boot. So I'm going to bring him in. Put your hands together. For Mr. Andrew Cole. Yes, Andrew. How yes, Cole. Thank you. Thank you very much. How are you doing, sir? You good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's life treating you? Are, you? are you keeping well in all this? And Yeah. yeah. Just getting my head down, you know. It is what it is. Um, uh, it's difficult for everyone. Uh, a little bit tougher for me, but I just get yeah. my head down. Crack on. That's, that's all, we, all we can all do. Look, I've got to say, of everyone we've had on this podcast... Um, I spoke to my dad last night, and this, this is the most excited he's been about any guest. So, <laughs> right, back in 1991, you went to Fulham on loan, didn't you? Yeah. My old yeah. man gets up. He used to get around a lot, but he's a big Fulham fan. So, and, Andrew goes to Fulham, right, Joe? And yeah. played, you were Division 3 then, right? They were Division yeah, three. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, a guy called then, yeah. Jim Stannard in goal. Yeah, Jim yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, my dad comes home from Fulham. I'm about 11 or 12, and he's like... Mate, this this kid who's playing down at Fulham, they've got him on loan. He's mustard. He's gonna, yeah, he's incredible. Da 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 da. He's gonna do big things in the game. Right? He's talking about Coley, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Didn't really think too much about it. He took the credit for your success for the whole of your career. <laughs> right? If we watch you in the Champions League, play for you know, when you're banging in goals for Newcastle, if you're playing for United, he, he'd been a pub guy. I told you so. All right, Tom, Tom, what did I say about Coley? 1991, I told you he was going to be a world beater. He's like, I was like, he looked amazing, obviously, in that Fulham team. But the only player I remember is Jim Stannard, who was my size. <laughs> I remember Coley, the first, the first time I'm, I trained with England as a kid, I was 17. And everyone thinks of, of Coley as the goals. You think goal scorer, you know, gets on the end of things. With it. But I remember he impressed me the most with everything else in his game, like, like holding the ball up, skills in training. I was like... It was one of them moments, and you get a few of them in your career when you're playing, going up the levels. You think, "Wow, that's the standard of centre forward." That is because he just—I only trained with him, but he, the little small-sided games, he was just carving people open. You know, like, and it was a real eye-opener for me to see that level of player at that time. And and Coley was was the one that that shocked me the most 
out of all of the great players around him, Shearer, Sheringham, Ince, you know, he was the one where I thought, right, wow, the movement was like on point and it was, the ball was moving so sharp. I, re- I could remember coming home because all my mates, you're still, at 17, you're a kid and you're a football fan and they all wanted to know. And I was like, this is the Andy Cole. He had, he had too much. It's <laughs> nice to hear, Andy. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I think when, when you go away on those trips, you know, that you, you are trying to impress, but you're more trying to impress the manager than um, the rest of the boys because you're all at that level for, for the same reason because you're good enough. Um, in the end, international level never really worked out for me, but listening to Joe, I'm not as more than capable to play at that level, not a problem. Do you think as well, because the, the thing for you as well, Andy, is like when you, like my dad would say about that and like going to Fulham, who, you know, they're not the Fulham you know now, they're in the third division. Then you're at Bristol, Bristol Rovers or Bristol City? Bristol City. Bristol City, banging the goal. Like genuinely, like that's a, my dad would say like that, to go from that, seeing you there, to that season at Newcastle where you were just like pinging in goal after goal, you were, you know, most exciting forward in, in the league, you were just incredible. How... How much did that time at Fulham and Bristol, how much did that inspire you or push you to go, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show everyone what, what I'm capable of? Yeah, I think massively. I think my, my first loan to uh, Fulham, uh, that was an experience just to realise the difference between, you know, uh, which was then League One Championship, you know, yeah. Division One at Arsenal and then going out to Fulham. If, if you look at, you know, the training facilities and things like that. We used to play, uh, train on a Putney fire station. You know, you had to take your own kit home and wash it. And it was all caked in mud from the training pitch because the training pitch was absolutely terrible. You know, so when, when you're playing at that level, naturally you say to yourself, right, I want to go to the next level if, if I'm more than good enough. So I, I think for me, that was just my base to put the work in. Uh, going to Bristol City was, I mean, yeah, that, that was possibly the, the best move I, I could ever have made in my career. Uh, leaving Arsenal, uh, Arsenal fancying me, uh, and then I just set myself on there. I'm just going to get my head down and prove a few people wrong at Arsenal. That was my, always my motivation. Yeah, Coley, who, who was the manager at Arsenal that that told you they they didn't uh, they didn't fancy her or George, was happy George to let go? George Graham. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's like you know obviously George is a football man, isn't he? And, you know, he's he's got he's had his own great career and won things and everything like that. Must he, that that must give him sleep sleepless nights. Let him let him Andy Cole go. I didn't know that. Sorry, George, for giving that a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird thing though, because you, you must, as a manager, and like I don't know if you've ever been in that uh, situation as well, Joe. But as a manager, like you must kick yourself right if you're if you you know you sold someone, you've let someone go. You know, and sometimes, obviously, you let someone go, and it's the right choice. And they, you know, but to let someone go, and then what? Like three, four years later, that that person is the most expensive player in the league, and playing for arguably what is your greatest rival, and, and playing well is that. You know, for, for me, I always think for my for my career and and for what I do, I certainly I remember like when I first told people on building sites, oh, I'm going to go and be a stand up, and everyone was like, "Shut up, you mug!" Like, just like, I got more. <laughs> I got more inspiration and more push and drive through people who told me I couldn't do things than anyone who told me, oh, you know, go for it. Oh, you're going to be yeah. amazing. That, for me, was always like, you know what? And now those people, when they, they message and go, oh, yeah, yeah, any chance you can get me tickets to this? You're like, I remember 10 years ago, you prick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I know where you're coming from, maybe, because that's, that's the way I looked at it in the end. I think I had so many people tell me what I couldn't do. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of mm. individual that I'll do it, yeah, 
laugh, and then they'll tell us, okay, then repeat, repeat. I'll tell us, I don't have to, I've already done it. Yeah. I'll move on to yeah. my next task. You know, what am I doing it again for? I could always do it. You know, so yeah. I, I always use that to galvanise me. Do you think yeah. that that's what gave you that still though? Like, because that's one thing I, th- I think, like when you first went to United, and like you had, you had a, a run where you weren't scoring goals, you sort of, all, uh, you know, I, I was thought he's going to smash it, he's going to do this. Or did you always in your head think, you know what, I've been through this, the side of this game where I was let go, I pulled myself back up to get to the level I was at Newcastle to to be this guy. Nothing can stop, stop me. I, you know that inside yourself. You've got that resilience, and you don't have, you don't need it from anyone else because you can pull that from yourself. Do you think that, you know, for you? Yeah, yeah, oh, most definitely. I, I think you know, me- mentally, uh, that's that's where it all comes from for me. Because mentally, you play football in your head before you play on the football pitch, you know. And mm-hmm. I think m- most people are brutally honest with themselves before anybody else can actually say anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm very, very honest with myself. Um, I don't need anyone to tell me if I have a good game, bad game, or a different game. I, I know, I know, I know the areas I had to work on and improve on. So yeah, I, I always used to get into my own head, which at times, you know, got a little bit brutal. But I mean, I, I come out the other side okay. What about you, JC? Because that's the thing that I look at. I think like your re- resilience within yourself is incredible. You, you know, stuff you've been through injuries and you know to yeah. keep on playing and and to keep on you know. Do you get that resilience through success or do you get it through failure? Where do you think you get it from most? I think all sportsmen, I think, I think you get it through both, don't you? Because, and, and, and throughout all your journey, there's, there's ups and downs. And I, the, the first four years at West Ham, you know, I left school, I went to West Ham, went straight in the team, played. We did as good as probably we could do at that moment. And as an England squad at 18, made my debut at 19 and it was all, you know, it was great and there wasn't much setbacks. But in that period, after that, there was a bit of ups and downs when I first went to Chelsea. And then it kicked into gear for me at Chelsea. And then I had seven great years there. And then the injury comes. And and looking back at it now, that was the sort of the beginning of the end of my career. It's the, and, and you're constantly fighting day in, day out to try and get back to your level. But you, my body wouldn't quite get there. You know, any footballer will tell you that. It's this... And it's the injuries that get you. So, it, you're con- I think I think as a player, the best players, they don't rest on their laurels. They go on that pitch and they try and do it and they try and do it. And I literally, I played 20 years. I retired. I was in America. And, um, you know, I was, I was still trying. I still had, even at 36, I was thinking, oh, could, I, could I still do it in the Prem? My brain was playing tricks with me because, you know, you just had that yeah. mindset where you want to do it. So I think, I think you get your motivation as a footballer or any sportsman from different, different areas, different characters. But, you know, Coley, Coley's had, my career was different because it was straight in and Coley had to go down the, down the leagues and then come up. And then when he, I remember the day he signed for Man United before like the internet, thank the Lord for that, um, <laughs> for me. But I remember where I was. I was queuing up to go to PE at school and whispered, <laughs> Andy Cole signed for Man United. And it was just like, it was a massive deal, wasn't it, Coley? Did you know that yeah, it was huge. like such a big move for, back I'll, in the day? I'll be brutally honest. I, I didn't think it was going to be as big as when it all came out and obviously yeah. many years later. I just thought, oh, I mean, Newcastle decided to sell me. I'll, I'll just move on. But all the commotion that the Newcastle fans made and then going to Old Trafford and all the noise is like, oh, come on, man. It's like, I just want to play football. But it, 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 was, yeah. it was absolute madness. 
You know, and it, that, that took a little bit of time getting used to as well. Because like I said, I, I didn't understand the magnitude of leaving Newcastle, what the punters were, were going to be like, leaving Newcastle and then going to Man United, what the punters were going to be like at Man United and all the media circus. You know, that, that was really, really tough at the time. What was the conversation with Newcastle when they accepted the bid? Did you have any idea it was on the offing or was it just you go into training one day and they give you the, the nod? It, it, it was it was it was a surreal one because I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Played in the FA Cup against Blackburn at St James's Park, one-one. Yeah. Winning for a warm down on the Monday. Was indoors. Just sat down to watch Sheffield United against Manchester United in the FA Cup. Just sat down to watch that. And then, all of a sudden, my representative called me and said, right, you're on the move to uh, Man United, the deal's been done. I was like, oh, I went in this morning to train. Kevin didn't say a word to me. Yeah, a little bit offish, but I, I got used to that in the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, wow. there you go. I was gone. So, hold on, with, with Kevin, so you say Keegan was offish with you. Was that, because I mean, like, you, even now, it's a record, right? 34 goals in one season, still the record in the Premier League. How are you, are you their best player? And how are you offish? So, so what was your no. relationship? <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a real good relationship with Kevin, but um, one day I had a fallout with him. Uh, we placed uh, Southampton on the Sunday. And in those days, there was no flying anywhere. So we coached it from Newcastle, Southampton. Yeah. Ooh. Played on the Sunday... Went up to London because we had, um, I think it was Wimbledon in the League Cup. And I was I was shattered. I was absolutely shattered. I was gone as untold pressure on me. Got to keep performing, score goals, whatever. And I just wanted to try and enjoy my football. So, played the game, warmed down on Monday. And I remember coming out, I think we were staying at, uh, I think it was Selsman Park. We stayed at, come out and whatever. Bowled over the training pitch and Kevin said to me, Coley, uh, do you not fancy it today? I said, oh, to be fair, I'm a bit tired. He said to me, right, if you don't fancy it, you can F off. <laughs> I said, all right, then not a problem. Walked in, got showered, packed my bag and left the hotel. And like everyone's turned around and said, you can't do that. So I said, oh, the manager told me to do one, so I'm, I'm off. Yeah. I, mean, I, got, I ain't got yeah. time to mess about. It was one, it was one of those ones. So I, I went missing up until the uh, Thursday. No one could get hold of me in... <laughs> <laughs> Turn my phone off, everything. <laughs> and then they said, look, you're going to have to come back on like Thursday night. So I went back up Thursday night, had a meeting with Freddie Shepard, who is no longer with us, uh, a few of the board members. And after this meeting, it was crazy. I, they gave me a new four-year contract. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 how, that's how crazy it was. Yeah. You know, and then not long after that, I actually moved into Man United. So it was like, it, it all happened so fast. After that one game, against Southampton, that's how quick the move happened for me with Man United. I, I think that, what you just told us there, Coley, I think that sums up Newcastle as a club in the sense like, it, that seemed like such an emotional thing. You've had a fallout with a manager. Uh, Freddie Shepherd has, has, has realised that you're the, the, the asset and put down on a four-year contract and then you've been sold like days later. That's just something like, as much, I know Newcastle fans probably won't enjoy me saying that, but because I love watching your Newcastle team yeah. throughout the 90s, and they've had great teams, but they've never won anything because it just seems like so many emotional decisions around the club, and the fans yeah, are so yeah. passionate. As, the fans are so passionate. But you, when you walked in the door at Man United with Fergie, 
that must have seemed like a like walking into like a from like a uh, a team which is like sort of a, a run off the cuff type of thing. Into Fergie seemed to from the outside anyway. It seemed like he run it like a like a business. Like it was professional. Demands were made, but and it took you a while to settle. But when you did, the goals just were just flowing from there. And you, you know, obviously we talk about your partnership with Yorkie, but mate. How long do you think it took you before you finally felt comfortable in that Man United shirt? Really, it, it took me a good couple of years. You know, when, when I, excuse me, start asking questions of myself, instead of me just going in there doing exactly the same thing at Newcastle, just going in there playing, I started to think about it a little bit too much. And, you know, mm. the enjoyment kind of like went a little bit because I was, I was thinking about it too much, you know, mm. and then get myself back in the groove, playing with better players. Man United played a totally different way. At Newcastle, the team was built for me. It's as simple yeah. as that. It, you know what? It's, the team was like, what Tottenham do with Harry Kane now? That yeah. is Harry yeah. Kane's team. Yeah? yeah, Newcastle was built for me. Yeah, All the players had to get the box, ball in the box for me. Peter Bezzi got in positions to try and provide me. And everyone, Kevin used to say, let's get the Cole in the box. I don't want him coming out of the box. I want him in the box. So that, that's, that's where it was there. So going to Man United, I had to change the way I played. You know, I had to get involved a little bit more. And I remember Brian Kidd said to me, um, if you think scoring 41 goals is going to be good enough at this football club, you're having a laugh. And I said to him, this guy's taking the mick out of me, by the way. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah? Then I actually realised he was more than scoring goals. So it, it, it took me a, a yeah. couple of years to get going. and then But once I, I found my rhythm and then Yorkie came in, and you know, it, it, it was special. I'm, I, I, I remember the night that we played uh, West Ham when we was having problems with the floodlights and all that. Yeah. You know, and I remember sit, sitting in the dressing room with the gaffer. And the gaffer was on a, on about Joe, and he said, yeah, one day Joe will come, he'll play for Man United, because he's, he's a Man United player. So okay. me and the gaffer are just in the dressing room, chilling, having a laugh on Joe. And then we ended up having this conversation about Joe, and I said, yeah, you know, he, he's definitely a Manchester United player. He, he could play for Man United. It, it never materialised in the end, but I, I knew the gaffer was always watching you. Yeah. He genuinely believed that you could come at Man United and play. And to play at Man United... As, as 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 you know, you know, it's, you're not going to get many places better to play at. Joe, what do you make of that? What do you make of that? That's an amazing thing to hear, right? Yeah, I mean, I know. Obviously, I I, I was I went there as a kid at fourteen, fifteen, and the gaff. That's why Fergie's the the best because he made me feel when I walked into Manchester United training ground like so special. And, and you think about it, he's a manager of Man United, and I'm a fourteen year old kid coming up from London. And he found the time to speak to us, speak to my parents. And that's why that was sustained success. Because he wasn't just thinking about the players on the pitch doing it for him, the Brian Robsons, the Mark Hugheses, then later on the Andy Coles, the Dwight Yorks. He was thinking of the next generation. And five years thinking, you know that old saying, it ain't, it ain't, it's chess, not checkers. Yeah. That's exactly it. He's thinking seven or eight moves ahead, Alex mm. Ferguson. And that's, that's, that's why he was a great, but... But yeah, that um, that that particular era, I think they're the two best teams I think Premier League has seen. Both have been, you know, both have been from Manchester United. I think that that sort of late nineties, early two thousands Manchester United team was special, and also the Manchester United team of two thousand and eight was the two best teams I've played against. Period. They were like my I made my debut was for West Ham up at Old Trafford in uh, ninety eight on or ninety ninety eight I think. And mate, that was an eye opener. We got yeah. taken apart, and and do you know what? If, if you're going to start your career, 
I knew that. Right, I'm on the pitch against them, and I, I, I did okay. I did okay. I, thought, I remember right, the game. Yeah, if I, if I can do okay against these legends, then I'll be all right. You know, and so when we played the other teams, I was always a. I could, I could, I could knew I could handle myself. That was a, that, yeah, it was a big eye opener. I mean, going for, into that team there, like uh, Coley, when you look at that, Dwight York comes in. You, did you like the the, um, the fledglings, Fergie's boys there? Did you that because is that the season you got beaten by Villa, didn't you? First game of the season. And no, 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 no. Was that the year before? Yeah, yeah. But even that season, did you? Were you, you, you was that the, the, the York coming the year after that? He coming the year after, yeah, yeah. Because because he was a part of, I suppose, that Villa team that. That, that you know beat you in that opening game, but did did you see the components coming together like during that season? And then when when Dwight come in, you're like, wow, well, this is. Did you did you know that you were? I mean, that's the best I, Premier League I, team I've ever seen. Did you know you're on the precipice of greatness there? I'll be brutally honest with you, Tom. Yeah, when, when Yuki came in, the the manager was after Cliver. Oh really? To come in as well, yeah. Wow. And uh, uh, Patrick ended up going to Barcelona. Yeah. No, so Pat ended up going to Barcelona. So the manager was like playing Yorkie, uh, Teddy, Giggsy, Scolzi, Ollie. And I, I never got a game until about two months into the season. Um, we played wow. at the Old Dell. We ended up winning, I think it was 3 1. We ended up winning. I scored one, Yorkie got the other. I can't remember. I think it was Giggsy got might have got the other one. And then after that, it was like the manager actually stumbled on that partnership. Yeah, yeah. Up, that one that one game was like everyone was like oh my god have you two been working so I've not been playing it's my first game and everyone knew it was my first game you know but me, me and your kid we had this uncanny knack that we both knew what each and other wanted and then the partnership from there was it, it was insane it was just meant to be but that's, that's again coming down to that resilience isn't it you're not playing for two months and you come you come in, in two, <laughs> within two months and arguably but like Make what is probably the the best like forward partnership that the Premier League's ever. You know, actually, I think even like in Europe that year, you were. It was like even as a West Ham fan, and I've I've got no massive love for Man United. It was electric, like to watch mm. you and Dwight play together. I think like you, I can't think of another two. Like I just remember just seeing like, the little one twos, the way that you you know, and you can look across that team and you know Bex and you know Skulls, Keane, Kings. We all know you know. But but the reason to watch that United team for me anyway at that time was you you and Yuki with you when you're playing in that team as well are you looking over your shoulder at like Ollie and and Teddy and thinking like you know as good as this is I don't want them coming in to mix it so I'm just gonna I've got to be very very honest Steve I, I didn't even do that because any time we had an opportunity to play with each another it it worked yeah it worked. You know, we all scored goals. We all we never stood in the same positions, and the ro- rotation with each another was it was just phenomenal. So when people say oh, things just work out, they work out. So the manager had four strikers, and it all worked because yeah. we could all play with each another. But the manager always knew in his head what his preferred strikers were. Yeah. So I was fortunate; it was going to be me and Yorkie. You know, and if it was a big game, if we're going to play Liverpool or Chelsea or whatever. Me and York are going to play up front. Yeah, so when, when people say, well, you're looking over your shoulder, of course you are because you want to be in the team. But I think me and Dwight got to the stage whereby we knew the manager was going to pick us if we're going into a big European game or the big games in the league or whatever. We knew we, we were his preferred two in the end. 
Because it's like, I look at that team now, like the United, I mean, top of the league. You're, you're a United fan now, right? You'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the top of the league, played well, I thought, I think, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it, like football? Because Pogba, I, I love as a player. I think Paul Paul's yeah. an incredible player. And football has a funny old way of like someone coming to fruition and there's questions asked of Paul. And then I thought the other night, I thought, wow, like that's, he, he was dominant, scores the goal. You're like, is, you know, is now, is this the time where Pogba comes to fruition? I, I think, you know, we know we've got, you know, we're coming to, you're playing Liverpool this weekend. What, how, how much are you looking at your chances of winning this year and, and thinking, you know, this is a, this is a real chance. It's written in the stars. I, there's a part of me that I, I, I always believe in fate and stuff. I think Marcus Rashford, one of the most incredible human beings on the planet at the moment, he's an amazing young man. And then you think, wow, like, you know, Pogba coming back and all of a sudden starts flying, starts playing well. You know, is this, is, you know, things are sometimes bigger than the game itself. What do you think you can win it? I've got to be very, very honest. Um, For us to win it, you know, we would have to really have to go some. Um, You're going to have to see the other two teams drop a hell of a lot of points. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Manchester City now. They're running in the form. They've not kicked a ball all season, and then at the last month they're running in the form. Yeah. Liverpool, if you take away the injuries, which that's just part and parcel of football, you take away their injuries, I, I'll possibly say they'll be ten points clear already. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So for Man United to win it this season, man, it's going to take some. I'm, I'm so happy that we're in the position we're in. You know, top of the league, not being there since um, the gaffer retired, but looking at it. There's better teams. You know, Man United have not been hit top form yet, but they're at the top of the league. They've grind out, grind out results, looking sometimes at some of the football. They've not played particularly well, but they've grinded and grinded and grinded. You know, I'm, I'm just so proud to see them there because it's not been easy. You know, every week they give away all these jobs to someone and he's still in it. Do you know what? One thing I have to say is I've been one of the people on telly thinking, I can't see it. I can't see where Man United are going when they was chopping and changing. I could see it going forward. You know, Greenwood, Rashford, Martial, Bruno Fernandes, I absolutely love. I think he could have played in any Man United team in any era. I think he's that good. I thought they they hadn't quite got the balance right behind them um, at times. Like the pressing, they they don't look as explosive on the press as what Liverpool did, but they've hung in there. And you've got to give Oli credit for, for, you know, they've, uh, how how many times over the last eighteen months has been? Is it seemed like he's been close to losing his job? Yeah, he's gone about his work. Do you know one thing I would say about Ali? I don't I don't know him personally. I think he ha- he carries himself so well. Oh man, yeah, such yeah. Dig- dignity and like you know, he, and he's but not like in a meek way where he's got a lot of stick from 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 the press. And I hold my hand up. I wouldn't say stick, but I just couldn't see where they were going. But I think in his interviews, he holds himself very well, and he. And they've, they've, they've put something together now. But I agree with, with, with Coley in the sense that I think Man City can't believe they're still in with a shout. Liverpool have, Liverpool will be there or thereabouts and it depends on who they sign in the next few weeks and, and also players coming back injury, from injury and things like that. But Man City and Pep Guardiola will be looking at themselves thinking, how are we still in this? Because some yeah. of their performances early on were miles off of the great Man City sides of the last four or five years. But they're coming good. And Man United, mate, what a job he's done to get them up there. But we'll have to, I, I, I'm going to reserve judgment until maybe March to see. Because if they can continue this, obviously they're going to be about. But I, I, I've seen weaknesses in their game in certain aspects. I, 
I don't feel like they, they, they press as a unit. And I feel sometimes they can look a little bit bitty when they have to break a team down. So I reserve judgment till March, but I've, I've got to tip my hat to Ole and, and his team, Michael Carrick, good friend of mine and the other boys. And they've done a great job keeping that ship steering in the right direction. The thing I'd say about it as well, and I don't know what you've, you both, the, you know, when we played them and the first half when we played United, West, West Ham played United, like is, is up there, I thought, you know, had maybe someone else rather than Haller not been playing like up front. I, I, you know, I don't like to dig anyone out, but he's left now, so I feel like I can. You don't um, like to dig anyone out. <laughs> Haller gets it every week from you, big man. You sold him, man. Let go. Um, Let go. But had someone else been playing up front, you know, potentially we could have been free, free up, you know. But that second half, it was like another team had come out and they just picked us apart. So there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, Pep and United, uh, so Pep and City, and then you obviously Liverpool, maybe you could throw Tottenham into that mix. But there's a part of me, when I look at United and I think, they seem to have a bit of spirit going. And if he can add something maybe in this window, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of that? Oh, man, I, I like where you're going, Tom. I like it. I like it. But I, I'm honest. I'm honest. I, I know what it takes to win the league. Yeah. You know, and it's it, win the league is, is not easy. Um, you, you can't win it in January. So when everyone's saying, oh, man, that's up the league, in January, I have a little chuckle. Like, you know, I'm delighted to see the boys there in the football club there. But I know... Yeah, as the manager always used to say, the, the league doesn't get started until like March, April. Yeah. You know, you've you got the Easter period and everyone's going to drop a few points. And as the gaffer used to say, squeaky bump time because that's when you've got to get those results. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if, if you're still amongst it then, yeah, you're going to see yeah, who's got enough to win it. Yeah. But up until then, you know, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's nice to be the top of the league in January. It's lovely looking down on everybody, but everyone's chasing you then. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's Tom, chasing Tom, you. Tom, do, you know, do you know what I think this the Premier League's going to be this year? It's going to be like a game of pass the parcel. Because yeah, yeah. it's going to be teams going like that. And whoever got the parcel at the end is going to be the champions. It could be anyone. Four yeah. or five teams. Were you be. saying West Ham, yeah? Listen, I threw them in two weeks ago. I got ridiculed, but why not? Why not? Throw them in. It's a strange year. Do you know what I mean? Very. Unprecedented yeah. times. Talking of those times, Mate. though, um, like... And I'm sure you remember this as well, Chuck. Where were you when, when the when Keegan had the big like shouting like I'd love it if we beat them thing? Were you at United or were you at Newcastle at that time? I, I was at I was at United. I, I remember watching it like it was yesterday, you know. And I I, I know Kevin. Kevin's very emotional. Yeah, and yeah, I mean yeah. Emotional. Yeah, because as and a then, manager, as a fan, you'd love that senior manager being yeah, like that. Yeah, and I think that the gaffer must have said something a day before, a couple of days before, by saying you know what, no. The CF Leeds have got enough to beat Newcastle and all that. So, you know I mean, as if the gap was intimate that Leeds were going to lie down for him. Yeah. Know? But that, that, that wasn't the case. And then Kevin took that on board and they didn't get the result they needed at um, Ellen Road. And I, he, he went into one. And then after that, we went in the day after the gap said, you know, we're going to win it. Wow. Did, we, so, we were going to win it. So that's, that's, a, that's such a mad thing of like leading, because they were like, wasn't it, like, were they 17 points clear at one point? Oh, so? I think, yeah, 11 to 13 points clear. Yeah, yeah. And playing well. Yeah, playing really well. And playing Les, well. Les was amazing, wasn't he, that season? Yeah. yeah. But that, that's what I mean. When, when you don't have players who have been in that position before, and then we got St. James's Park, we got absolutely pumped, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, yeah. And Peter, Peter Schmeichel was pulling saves out of nowhere. We ended yeah. up winning the game mm. 1-0. I remember then, it. I remember. Yeah. You know, we come away thinking, right, we've got a mayor, by the way. And then after that, Newcastle, no, they've got to win it first every game. We're on a run. 
We beat them at their place and we're on an absolute run now. Yeah. You know, so that's when the pressure comes in to win the Premier League. You know? So sitting there in January, oh, lovely. But, yeah. man, there's a long way to go. Tw- 21 games. Do you know what, mate? He's spot on what Coley says because, like I said, we've won it. We, we've done it back to back. It was a great achievement. And it was three years before we won it again. And, and Fergie don't make many mistakes. But in 2010, we went up to Old Trafford with two games to go. And we was, um, I think we was, we was a point behind. Um, and then we had two home games after that, which were winnable. Wigan, which we won 8-0 on another team. So it was effectively the, the title decider. And Man United had big Champions League games either side of our game. So Ferguson actually rested about three or four players. And he doesn't usually make mistakes. But you know, like, so obviously we prepared for the best United team. It wasn't the best United team that played us. And going into that dressing room, that big pressure game, when you got Balak, you got Lampards, um, Terry's, you know, Ashley Cole, we went into the game. And like Coley said about that Newcastle game, we got battered. We got battered, but we won the game 2-1. And it was only what got us through that game was, was our experience. It was like yeah. just a, we've done it before. We know what's required. They've given us a little chink of life. Because if he would have played all the big, I think he left Rooney out, for instance, and maybe Giggsy or something. If he'd have, let, he'd have played all the big hitters, I think they would have probably beat us that day. But they give us a little chink of light. We wasn't playing that well. And just that experience, just being strong, you know, stopping and playing. And then we nicked a couple of goals and we won 2-1. So experience is vital. And that's why I believe Man City are in the driving seat because they've got players that have done it and they know what it takes. And, and that is so valuable come March, April, sun. I mean, the Man City are the favourites with Coral at the moment, 8-11. to 11. Liverpool three to one, United six to one. I mean, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to have a little bet on United. But um, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> do you do you how, how, do you like that front three though? Like you know the the, the guys you got there, like Andy, like that like, um, Rashford. I love Rashford. I think he's a great player. Greenwood looks the real deal, doesn't he? And Martial, I think, just looks like he's come on leaps and bounds. He obviously always had that raw talent, but he really looks the part now. I think Martial. You... I, I, I do like him. I'm, I'm not going to lie to him. I, I really do like him. I, I think you, you mentioned Martial there. I think he should be doing so much more with his ability. He should be scoring so much, so many more goals. If you watched yeah. him the other night, mm. I'm sitting down, I'm pulling my hair out. You know, he gets in great positions and then he doesn't finish the way a man should finish of his ability. Yeah. You know, he's, he's mm. got two Premier League goals this season. Two. Wow. In January. Yeah, wow. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, you're in the Man United number nine shirt. Yeah. And however you look here, come on. Yeah, yeah. With your ability, only getting two prim- I know you was injured early on the season, but he still only got two goals. And if you play for Man United, if, he, if Man United had a 26, 27-year-old Cavani and he's got those chances, oh my God, Man United winning yeah. threes and fours. Yeah. Because you know, he's got that quality and that's what he wants to do. But in general, I, I look at the boys up front and... To explosive, we've got great talent, loads of pace there. You know, just play to your abilities, guy. Do you think mm. that there's there's a, there's an argument to look at that, look and think well, maybe what we do need is is an out and out goal scorer, is someone who can yeah. come into that sort of obviously you know Cavani without any disrespect to him, you know, legend of the game, but he feels like probably a bit of a stopgap there. Naturally, I look, when I watch Greenwood, I think at some point Greenwood's going to come into the centre, right? He's so yeah, yeah. naturally his ability yeah. in, in the box, he. You know, he's, his all-round game's great, but he feels like he's going to score lots of goals. But do you think that's... Even, like, if you looked at it, and obviously it's sort of dream-talking, but, like, Harry Kane in that... When I, when I think... If Harry Kane played in that United team, you know, 
just naturally how he's playing now. But but playing in that United team with playing with Greenwood and Rashford off him and Martial off him, that there you've got a that that would be incredible, right? Yes, yeah, for me those kind of things are interesting. Um, all all those kind of permutations, you know, because when 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 an individual leaves one club and goes to another club, yeah. Everyone thinks he's going to work automatically, you know. But if you see the way Man United is set up, to the way Spurs is set up, yeah, you know, do that to change things? Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, if, if you look at the way mm. Son plays with Kane, it works. Yeah, mm. you know, because the team is actually built for Harry. So we're going to Harry can drop as deep as he wants and that. But Man United have more than enough players in that. They've got Bruno in midfield. So why yeah. would you want Harry to drop in those kind of positions? You want to get out of the park, you know, and score mm. as many goals as possible. So. You know, that would change the dynamic of the team. You know, yeah. That change the dynamic of, of his play as well. Because if you, if you watch Harry Kane play now, he plays totally different now to how he's playing a year or two years ago. As we yeah. get older, we lose a, a yard of pace and, you know, his injuries is picked up as well. So all those kind of things are so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, mean I think it's, uh, it's going to be a great end to, end to the season. What, we've got a section on this show, uh, the show here, Andy, where it's called what really happened? It's a new segment. We did it last week. Jason McAteer. Um, it's actually been, we put out, say that you're coming on the show. People ask a question. What really happened? Um, and it's about you slipping out of football. I mean, we've all, we all like to a little, depart away from the job that we do day to day at the moment. I don't know if you've heard rumours. I'm coming in a WWF wrestler. Um, we've all seen that Joe Coles dipped his toe into the world of acting uh, with uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1995. Dude, listen, you give me the seal approval. Huh? Right, I tell you, you I'm give me the seal approval. I, I, you I see, think, listen, I'm it, waiting for my part in the, in the next King Gary. I think you could be the new Bradley Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> in 1995, uh, Eddie, you you stepped into the world of, of music. With uh, with a single, how did that come about? What, what what actually? How did what? How did it work? Well, what the, the single came about, you know, um, after we won the treble. Yeah, yeah, and you know, after after, after winning the treble, man, you think you can walk on water, wrestle with the sharks, you can do anything you want to do. If you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. then, yeah, in football, what what can beat that? You know, unless you got yeah. to win the World Cup and things like that, and. Someone asked me, I, I was on the crest of a wave, man. I said, I'll, I'll write about now, I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's how that came about, you know, because I, I, I was living my best life. Who sung, who sung the original? Kenny Thomas. Yeah, it's a track. Yeah, it's yeah. a track coming. You did it justice, mate. Listen, I'm yeah. a bit of a karaoke man myself. <laughs> you know, I can spit a few lyrics with the best of them. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I like, I, you know what? I've listened to it. It's actually, it's actually a banger. No, you know what? I, that's one thing I love when people do that. I think that, like, yeah. I think we go, we go back to that thing, uh, Coldy, where we talk about, like, you know, going to Newcastle and thinking, you know, I, I think so many people in life worry constantly about, oh, you know, I always think with like whatever I do, I think, well, the worst that can happen is you're gonna, you're gonna fall on your face and you, you it might yeah. not work out for you, but, you know, you've tried. And there's a lot to yes. be said about actually doing something and then going, yeah, yeah it's, it's there now. I, I did that thing. Was it like yeah. in the dressing room and stuff? Because that was, was great about that that time. It was, a, I guess, it was a time where football was coming so massive. People were like Beckham's modelling. Do you know what I mean? Like people are out doing different things. Vinnie Jones has become an actor. It's like, do you know what I mean? It, it's like football was just becoming so mainstream at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Especially after that season, we had an opportunity to do a lot of things. All the boys did, you know. 
I just grasp it with both friends and say, oh, just have a go. I mean, in, enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it because exactly. the, the crazy thing is when, when you win anything, especially being at Man United, you win anything, yeah? You win it and then within a couple of days, that's it, it's gone. Yeah. You're, you're looking forward to the next season, the next this, next that. The manager never ate, ever made us rest on our laurels. But if he did, yeah. you're out the front door. And yeah. that, that was the crazy thing about, about playing for Manchester United. Bam. Yeah, and and you were a legend for United, and and a, le- like, a legend as a, as a guy, you know. I got to say, like as I said at the top of the show, like we, my old man was buzzing because you know it's been a long time fan, and and you know when when, when I met you at Soccer Radio, I thought you know I said to him, and it, you you I've you, got to say, man, you were an absolute gentleman to meet there, you, and and yeah, you know, a really you know it's a good guy, and it was pinch of moments because you know I look at you know even you know. My my life and look at you. I remember like so. I was eleven or twelve when I first heard of you, and then you're at Newcastle, and I was at school like you were, Joe, when Andy's coming through. It's a mad thing to say because yeah. you look, but you look better than I do. That <laughs> way. Um, you both do. Um, but I suppose that's a sportsman thing. But I remember sitting there on the bench at Soccer Aid, looking over and thinking, "That's mad." I'm on the bench with with Andy Cole, Joe. Um, but um, yeah, man, it's been thank you. We, like one more thing to do. We do the predictions, right? Actually, um, how did we do last week? Fairly poor showing again, actually, Joe. We've both got one right out of two, and Villa Spurs was postponed. So actually, it was a bit of luck for us, Joe, that that was postponed. Yeah, hold on. Uh, Why did we get out of two? One out we of two? got one out of two, right, and a game was postponed. Right. Uh, and we yeah. beat Jason McAteer. So that's the there first time we've beaten a guest, Joe, in all, all the time right. we've done Mind it. Them. So here we go. We're going to go, first game, all I need is a t- the team name for the win or a draw. So first up, uh, Andy, is Leicester versus Everton? Leicester. Joe? Draw. I'm going to go Everton. Okay. West Ham, Burnley? West Ham. I'll go draw. I know it's boring, but I'm getting competitive now. I want to win. Uh, I'm going to go West Ham. I'm going to go West Ham all day long. Uh, I have to really and that's disappointing in you Joe I'll be calling you after this about that uh, no, lastly, no. I want to win mate I want to win <laughs> Burnley, I think are coming, I, Burnley are coming back into it I'm telling you I think I know Don't the rush. answer to this one Liverpool Man United Andy I'm going to go for a draw Oof. Joe Liverpool I'm going to go United get some horrible looks here as well <laughs> <laughs> Some of the Man United fans in the room over there, socially mate, distanced. Mate, it's, it's <laughs> Liverpool at evens. Uh, with Coral, Liverpool at evens for that. Draw at 27 to 10. And United 13 to 5. I fancy United, I've got to tell you. I really do. We'll see. Good price. Uh, it's a good price. The legend that is Andrew Cole. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure having you on here, mate. Thank you so much for making Thanks the time. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing Thanks, you against Carly. us. For You've sure. Been listening. 100%. You've been listening all to play for. Brought to you by Joe and Carl. I've been Tom Davis. He's been Joe Cole. Hopefully next week, Joe, um, we can get you back in uh, and <laughs> get you on here a little quicker. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you what, otherwise I'm going to be. Uh, hello, welcome to All to Play For. Brought to you brought to by Joe and Coral. I'm joined by Elsie. Uh, today. <laughs> Ada. Ada, 90-year-old tech whiz. Get me a Nokia and I'll be happy, man. Bring them days back. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.